Welcome to Land Life, a podcast for North Coast landholders by North Coast Local Land Services. This podcast is all about sharing knowledge and experience with landholders across our region to support farm productivity and healthy environments. North Coast Local Land Services acknowledges the traditional custodians of all the nations on which we live, work and play. We pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging and extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people listening to this podcast. How well planned is your farm's water supply? Has your dam become leaky since the drought? Did you lose your water infrastructure in the fires? Or is your infrastructure just getting on a bit? Whatever the reason, if you're interested in learning more about farm water, you're in the right place. Today's episode of Land Life is all about planning your farm water supply. North Coast LLS is currently running a project supporting landholders to better plan their farm water infrastructure. The project is being run by Lilia Camphorst, a Senior Land Services Officer with North Coast LLS, who I caught up with for a quick intro into what this project is all about. Thanks for being so willing to be put on the spot, Lil. So I'm just hoping that you can give our listeners a bit of 101 introduction to your project and I guess just put it in context and explain a little bit about how North Coast landholders might benefit from the project. So basically this project, we've got the Stockwater Recovery Grants and then we've also got the, which have just closed um, and then we've got, we've just been running these workshops uh, and the webinar and, and this kind of content around farm water planning, which sort of sits alongside it. So the benefit is um, it's all things stock water and infrastructure. I don't know, water's like super important. It sounds basic, but I think a lot of people have realised and had a very hard time over the last couple of years between the drought and the bushfires and everything else where infrastructure is either not held up or been forced to think about it for the long term. So this is really around the planning side of things and the doing. So the grants are, are to help people um, implement some of those infrastructure needs Dams are a big one for, for surface water um, and tanks and troughs and that side of thing. And then these farm water planning workshops and, and getting Paul and, and Tim on the soil side of it and also the, the vets for animal health are around like figuring out what you need to do and how to go about it. So there's a big focus on dams. Um, well, I, for one, have found it absolutely fascinating going around and figuring out how to, I don't know, dig a really good hole. <laughs> there's, there's so many different types of holes. Um, but yeah, they are really crucial infrastructure and I think people will get a lot out of either listening to Paul talk about it or checking out the webinar um, because it it's not as simple as it looks and like we've had 50 shades of brown with all these soil tests and like figuring out what sort of soils you have and how to use them. So it's, um, yeah, it's an intro to a slightly complicated art, I suppose. Yeah. Okay. And it's not, not specifically just for people who've been impacted by bushfire or drought. It's open to everyone. Yeah. So um, this projects funded under the uh, state government 
bushfire stimulus recovery program. So there's a focus on bushfire affected properties, but it's also got a like economic stimulus component to it. So there's a priority component for properties that were affected, uh, but it's not that's not to say that others aren't eligible at all um, or that you wouldn't, if you're not impacted, by the way, a dam's a dam um, and, you know, soil's a soil. So if you want to learn more about any of those, then um, there's something in it for everyone. And so for those people who are just hearing about this now for the first time, how can they be kept in the loop? We're going to try and put out another lot of workshops and, and do some more around this because we've had a lot of interest. There's 200-odd people registered for the webinar and 700 or so applications for the grant. So we know this is a gap. And if you want to know more um, and we keep kept in the loop for, for down the track, then um, we've got our mailing list, which is probably a really good start, um, as well as you know, the rest of the info that we put out um, online. But, yeah, the wet, the mailing list is a good um, good one to register for. Okay. And you also mentioned before that there was a webinar that people could catch up on. So that will be up on the YouTube page and I'll make sure that I give people the link to that at the end of this episode. Okay. Thanks, Lil. No worries. Thank you. As Lilia mentioned, the project includes a series of workshops and webinars that are hosted by environmental consultant and farm water specialist, Paul Park. Lilia caught up with Paul after a recent webinar and took the opportunity to clear up a few details about water planning. All right, Paul, so we've been uh, wandering around the paddock and talking to a lot of people, both in person online lately, about dams and farm water planning. And I'm just blown away by how how much the like it's not just digging a hole, is it? Like there's so much more more to do building a dam to the point where I've actually forgotten everything that you've told me. That's not a problem. I forget a lot of times too. So, uh, yeah. so where like where do you even start? Like you know you need water you know it's probably got to be a dam, but where do you even start? Um, well, I think the, the best way to start is, is when you start looking at, at, at your whole of property plan, planning is, is where do I, how am I going to graze my property? How, how do I want to set up my fencing? How am I going to set up my, whether I'm going to crash graze, rotational graze or whatever? Once you get through that process, then we can start to look, say, where do I need my water? Where am I going to best utilise my paddocks? Where am I going to... Um, be able to put some water so stock can access it from X, Y, and Z. So once we start there, we start to look holistically at the property and where we've got them, and then we move them through that process of where we've identified we, we need water on a property. We then start to identify where where our catchments are. Uh, we spoke previously about first and second order streams. Where can I build something that, that's going to fill with water and provide me that security of having water for stock all the time? So... We, uh, we then we start then looking at, right, we've identified two or three spots. We look at those spots and go, right, is this suitable for a dam site? And, and, and a lot of the first questions we look at, what's our soil type like? Um, we've been on site, we've had a look around over the last few days, and we're very conscious of whether we've got a really dispersible soil, whether we've got a good holding clay, whether we've got a really gravelly site. 
uh, whether there's a site there that's maybe just a little bit too steep and, and there's rock outcrops and things like that. So really just doing a walk through that catchment, identifying an area where the soil type looks quite good, and that can be something relative. It could be something upstream. There could be a dam already upstream that may be holding or a similar topography or range across the property where there might be dams holding. So that's a, that's a key first one, looking at that potential. We then have a bit more of a look and go, right, yeah, there's, there's no surface rock. There's nothing poking out of the ground. There's no little gully heads or areas showing where there's erosion occurring. That might tell us a little bit more about our soil type, how good that potentially is to build a dam. Once we've done that, we've gone, right, we've got a site, that material looks all right. We then start to look at what will potentially hold so we can then look at what size storage I can build there. Sometimes if you're on a really steep catchment, um, you can't get a lot of storage because the grade of the catchment is so steep that water can't back up very far. So we've got to then look at that, that, that catchment area going into the dam, how big that can potentially be to hold water. Once we've got that, we look even further upstream and go, can I potentially fill this dam from what I've got upstream? There's no point building a beautiful big dam that holds, you know, five megalitres of water or five town swimming pools when the catchment upstream is only half a hectare and all of a sudden it only fills once every six years. So we're conscious of finding that spot that works for our property management finding that potential area where we can build a dam that holds water, but also does that fill. So once we start to look at that process of looking upstream of our catchment, looking at our particular site, can we move it? We then start looking at can we safely get a spillway around that site? So can we build a dam that allows that water, when that dam's full, to safely uh, enter back into the spillway, into the gully below? And there's a number of things we look at there, how steep the outlet is, how steep the sidewalls are that we're keying our dam into. Can we move it into another flow line that runs beside it so we can may potentially move that spillway across into another flow line so we can safely get it that way. So then we start to look at our contours of that site as well and, and where we can move water. So it isn't, a, it isn't a simple process. A lot of it can be at times because we can just piggyback off on what's on a property or what's traditionally been built in that area. But a lot of them, if we want to build something that we're going to look at utilising throughout our property by maybe putting tanks and troughs and things off those and moving water around, uh, that's a fair investment. So we've got to take that bit of time to look at our catchment, look at our soil types, uh, look at how, how what water flows we're going to get and whether they're going to fill. So there's some of just the key things I'd, I'd look at first when we start to look at a dam. And as you, if you wanted to go further into it, if you wanted to engage a, a contractor or a, an engineer or someone to come on site, they'll do a little bit more in-depth work and they'll start to look at catchment areas, soil types, do some investigation, getting testing done to come up with construction methods and things like that. So, yeah, for your planning process, things we spoke about is what I'd run with. Construction-wise, if you want to move down that track and want that security, then you start to look at those other, other things there and, and get qualified and experienced people in to help you do that. Okay. So I love the whole like sense. Yeah. Yeah. So you start with what water what water do you actually need, then figure out what's possible. Talking about first yep. first and second order and, and third order streams. So first order is like gully up in the hills. Second order is yep. when two of those join together and it's a bit bigger. 
and then third order is then when a two and a two meet and you're getting into like nearly river territory then aren't you yes and and you're getting into probably more well-defined yeah. flow yeah. lines uh and uh, and bigger catchments like sometimes third order streams can have catchments of 50 hectares and above or 20 hectares and above so you then you start to get in big storm events you start to get big flows of water down through those catchments and and they present a whole heap of they present additional problems that need to be considered when you're building a dam. So, yeah, under the harvestable rights policy, where you don't require licensing, that first and second order stream is the spot where you can build dams uh, for, your, for your stock and domestic purposes. So, yeah, it's um, it can be reasonably well defined when you're walking through your property because you can actually nearly draw them on your on your property plan as you go. You can start to map out where your first order streams are and start to see those joins as you work your way down your property. And it's a really good tool for your management of your place to be able to go out and map your flow lines. And like some people in these areas may have a, one flow line with a spring in it and you start to see that and you go, well, there's an opportunity then to to be able to build a dam there, so I've got some surety of flow and things like that. Mm. So, yeah, starting at the top, working your way down, gets those stream orders. As far as sizing goes, yeah, one megalitre of water, one town swimming pool, so it's a, it's a good visual aid, and one megalitre of water is generally what will hold up in a drought. Like anecdotal evidence from previous dry times tells us that anything under a megalitre hasn't, hasn't held and hasn't, has dried up generally doesn't carry you through a drought. So landholders then have, have said they've had to cart water in or pump water up to, to those areas. So if you're going to invest in something, um, invest in a storage that's 1 million litres or above, it just gives you that surety of supply. Mm -hmm. And the, like, the deeper, the better, like you start. Yeah, yes, when we dam construction and things yeah. like that, uh, with evaporation losses are inevitably one of the things that come along with it. And uh, that top metre of water can hold potentially 30% of the water in the dam. It's our largest surface area. So therefore, as far as evaporation goes, that's where all our evaporation happens. So the deeper we can construct the dam, uh, the, the more we can store within that dam wall and the less it gets exposed to uh, evaporation. So on evaporation, like how, how, much in a, how much water in a dam do you actually get to, like, can you count on being able to use? So, like, that's, that sounds like an awful lot of evaporation. And then, like, do you, you're losing, does it, I know some soil types hold better than others, but then how much do you lose just, I don't know, squirreling away into the ground? Yeah, yeah, look, you, it's, you, can, you can lose probably anywhere, you can, depending on the soil types again, but as a rule of thumb, we generally allow about 20 to 25% losses through seepage. Yeah. Uh, like I said, uh, dams leak. Uh, a lot of dams leak more than others, but generally all dams leak, even uh, Glenbourne, uh, Copeton Dam and places like that, even the dams that the engineers designed for our town water supplies, they're designed to leak. That's just an inevitable part of it. It's just how we control that and the techniques we use. So we're going to get some losses through 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 seepage through a dam wall. And we also, uh, in the height of summer, with high winds and peak summer times, we, we allow for you know, 50% loss through evaporation. So you can lose up to a metre of evaporation off the top of your dam. And like I said before, that's, that's, a, that's a fair percentage of your water. So 
allowing that in your calculations for your water supply for your property is a is a critical part of the planning that goes into goes into managing your property. Lilia and Paul went on to discuss evaporation, trees and vegetation around a dam and many of the other subjects that were covered in the webinar that Paul recently delivered for North Coast LLS. The webinar was recorded and, as with all our webinars, is now available for you to view via the LLS YouTube page. Just go to youtube.com and search for North Coast Local Land Services in the search bar. To receive notifications of future workshops, field days and grant opportunities, as Lilia mentioned, you can subscribe to our mailing list. Go to the website, lls.newsouthwales.gov.au and navigate through to the North Coast pages. You can also follow me, Regional Agriculture Landcare Facilitator North Coast on Facebook, where I share information and opportunities relevant to North Coast landholders as they come up. podcast is jointly funded through North Coast Local Land Services and the Australian Government's National Land Care Programme.